Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Popplestone. Thank you so much for being here. Matt, can you believe December is almost over 2023? Here we come. It's been fun having a, having a little bit of a journey with you this year. Some of you more closely than others. It's been fun getting to know a lot of you, starting to coach a lot of you, starting to work in some capacity with a lot of you, and I'm looking forward to a whole heap more of that in 2023. It's amazing, isn't it? Like each and every year I say this, but December's a funny year because things sort of slow down and speed up at the same time. It's like you're winding down, but at the same time you've got 27 Christmas parties and you've got to navigate your way around there on one weekend. It's a very confusing time, but nonetheless, I uh, I hope you I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're looking forward to it. I hope you and your family have a great one. Um, I'm going to post this podcast. It's December 21st today, so I'm either going to put it out this Friday or next Friday. So, depending on which one, either Merry Christmas or I hope you had a great Christmas. Got to let you know that I have just released the six-week speed and agility course. So, if you are an athlete from a running-based sport, who's looking for ways to create more dynamic movement in your game, develop power, develop speed, develop agility. This one's been put together specifically for you. I've, uh, I've put a lot of work into it, and I'm really hoping that you enjoy it. It's got um, it's over six weeks. We do 18 separate sessions. They go for around 45 minutes to an hour. We can adjust it. You can do slightly less if you, if you need to. Um, and we've got up to about 30 different exercises or drills that we work through. So we've got plenty of time. You'll get familiar with it by about week three, and you'll really start to develop these skills and drills in weeks four, five, and six. So I've put together as a little thank you for all your support, and also as I guess a little Merry Christmas, a 50% discount code for that one. So uh, if you enter the coupon code, uh, what is it? I've written it down here relaxed podcast if you enter the coupon code relaxed podcast you're going to get 50 percent off that course now the prices are all listed in usd and a lot of people in australia ask me why i do that because most of the people i work with aren't in australia (laughs) believe it or not so it's just it's just weird doing aussie dollars when most people aren't dealing in aussie dollars so it's 79 dollars usd you'll get it for 50 percent off wherever you are if you use the coupon code relaxed podcast more than that, um, going into the new year, I'm excited to let you know I have uh, three spots available for one-on-one coaching. I'm currently working with seven athletes. Uh, some of them in Victoria, some are in New, or ones in New Zealand, ones in Seattle. Um, they're, they're all over the shop. So if you are an athlete who's looking for a little more guidance with your running, jump over to relaxrunning.com and click on the coaching tab. Have a little bit of a look there. If you'd like to have a Zoom call with me, just to discuss whether or not we'd be a good fit together, then we can do that. But uh, yeah, three spots remaining for 2023. 10 athletes is the absolute max that I've realized I can work with at a really deep level. So I'm not going to go any more than that. So if you're flirting with the idea of getting some coaching or you would like to get some guidance, I would, I would love to have a chat to you about whether or not we might be a good fit. Today, I wanted to do something um, a little more personal, share something from my side of the fence in a little more detail because a lot of a lot of athletes are interested in working with coaches but a lot of the time you don't really know if your values align you're not 100 percent sure whether or not you're going to be a good match whether or not you're going to be a good fit and one thing i loved about working with the coaches that i did is i i had a very good understanding of what their key priorities were 
in my own running. And the reason for that was they were very clear about it. So the first coach I ever worked with, or the first coach I worked with on, a, a, I guess, a serious, serious level was Rod Griffin when I moved to Ballarat in 2007, Ballarat here in Victoria. Rod was a really relaxed coach, also very encouraging. And he, he just had, um, he had a great capacity to offer a whole heap of his time, and he, he did it all just, uh, I, I don't know the expression. He was a generous guy with it. He, he never charged um, he was he was always just doing it to, to see the benefit for you. But more than that, he would sit you down every now and then at the start of the year and have a chat about their goals and have a chat about his plans and what he thought you were capable of. And I always liked that. And it always, over about four or five years that I was working with him, it gave me a real sense of clarity on what it was we were developing together. After I uh, moved away from Ballarat, I started training with a good friend of mine, Adam Didick. He's a, a highly renowned, highly regarded coach here in Australia. Coaches the likes of Jess Stenson and Matt Clark and his, his group is just one of the highest quality groups in Australia at the moment and he was always very clear on um, you know the the focus that he has on emotional health on physical health on mental health and the crossover between all of these things more than that he would um, you know sit me down at the start of each season much like Rod and have a chat about what the things that I was trying to achieve were and how it was that we we're going to focus on these so I think over time, getting to know the coaches gave me real confidence in the plan of what it was that they were doing. But more than that, it just allowed me to understand why it was that they were structuring things the way they were. I think there's nothing worse than going out and training and kind of second guessing everything it is that you're doing. So today, I wanted to go through six or seven different core values or core focuses that I use with my athletes just to give you a sense of what it is that um, I appreciate. But, but way more than that, way more than that. It's to get you to consider what it is that you're looking for in a coach. And it also, it's just thought provoking. As I was sort of working on these earlier this morning, I was thinking about what's so important about each of these steps. And the good thing is it just helps eliminate the chaos from your training or from your mind and you know all that just extra stuff that we can spend our time worrying about. And it allows you to focus on what you believe is essential. So for me, what I'm about to share with you, it really helps eliminate all that excess, excess stuff. It helps me feel focused. It helps me feel relaxed. It helps me feel as though I'm being very deliberate with the athletes that I'm working with. And it just makes my life so much easier when it comes to planning and knowing what to do for the athletes that I'm working with. So with all of that said, let's jump into it. And whether you're self-coached or you've got a coach, I think this is just some food for thought. And you don't necessarily need to have a coach for these to be valuable. So I hope they're helpful. Uh, they certainly are for me. And uh, I think I've sort of gleaned this insight from a lot of the coaches that I've worked with over the last, seriously, like 15 or 20 years, which is crazy. I mean, my, di my wrinkles are getting a little bit deep. But when you start to say 15 or 20 years you've been involved in a sport, you go, okay, well, you're not a little boy anymore. You're not a kid. <laughs> I've been around for a while. So the first thing that I think is so important to do uh, if you're a coach is to develop an understanding of your athlete. Who is the athlete that you're working with? Some questions that you might ask yourself around this is, all right, like how long have they been running for? What's their current fitness level? What's their injury history? What are their goals? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What is the target race? What is it that you're sort of building up towards? I think one of the most helpful things for an athlete to have is someone who understands their background, who has someone in their corner to be able to offer support for the highs and lows that not only running, but just life in general throws their way. It doesn't matter. You journey with someone in any industry and after a while you go, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go through some uh, speed bumps together and it's, it's part of the course. 
But I think when you can develop an understanding of your athlete, not only does it help them respect you and the work that you're doing, it helps you plan a program specifically for them. That's the problem with generic training programs. Obviously, you can go anywhere and you can get a marathon training program or a half marathon training program, and it might work. Like you might be able to start it and finish it and have a great race. But if you're trying to get the most out of yourself as an athlete or as a coach, what the most important thing is, is understanding, okay, well, if your athlete's got a problem that seems to arise at about 80 kilometers a week, you're not just gonna jump into a training program at 85K a week with fairly high intensity because it's just counterintuitive to what you know about your athlete. So what's so important to me before I start to work with anyone is to sit down and, and have a big chat with the athlete about, okay, what are you trying to achieve? Where would you like to see yourself in 12 months or two or three years? Where are you at right now? Like, why are you where you're at right now? Like if there's an injury, if there's burnout, if there's excitement for the running, I like to get a bit of an understanding about where they're at. It's also nice to understand um, their expectations on how often they're willing to train, what their work commitment is or lack of work commitment is, how they go on with family. I know two kids in my family under two is, well, you know, one just over two has thrown a real spanner in the works in terms of how I have to structure my training. So developing this understanding, it just, it, it helps color a black and white picture. If you just get a stranger come to you and go, all right, well, you look like you're relatively fit, go and do this. You don't know about the injury history. So if you can do that as a start point, I think it's really important because from there, when you develop that understanding, you can answer the next questions that I'm gonna look at. The second thing, and it ties on beautifully from the first one, is clarifying the goal. For some athletes, they just wanna be able to go out there and enjoy being able to go for a long run and feel good while they do it. I mean, we're not gonna have a 100% strike rate when it comes to feeling good. There's some days, no matter how fit you are, that you're gonna feel like absolute rubbish, and that's par for the course as well. It's just part of the business that we're in. But when you can clarify the goal, it's, uh, it makes the structuring of the training much easier. I've got athletes uh, from all spectrums. I've got an athlete, Tim, that I work with from Seattle, and Tim's newer to the sport. He's got a whole heap of enthusiasm. He's run a couple of marathons, and, um, and he would tell you that his excitement sometimes leads him to a little bit of overtraining. So for us, the goal was, all right, let's just bring it back slightly. Let's just back off the intensity for a little while. Let's get your body strong. Let's get your body fit. Let's get you in to see a PT. Let's get you in to see a physio. And then as a result of that, hopefully we can develop some strength in your body so you can start to handle more and more training because he's the kind of guy that he's cut out. He likes the idea of getting out there and running hard and training hard. But until your body's strong, you're not able to do that. So he's been through a few weeks of rehab and he's just starting to get back on the horse a little bit with some easier running, some more intense bike sessions. And we're complementing his running with that bike to keep building the aerobic capacity, to keep giving him sort of a... Um, a pressure-free or intensity-free in terms of intensity of the joints session to get his cardio back up to where we would like it to be. He's doing really well. The flip side of that, I got a bloke. Uh, I got a bloke, David, who I work with here in Victoria. Dave's a, a great bloke, and he's got a very clear vision of what it is that he would like to achieve. I love Dave's patience. I love his, his his patience. Sorry, I love his commitment. And for David, he's got more of a three-year view on what it is that he's trying to achieve. He he called me about probably nine months ago now and we started talking about what it is that he would like to achieve he said okay by three years time i'd like to run a fast marathon and i thought hey like isn't that a contrast in the the difference of the athletes that you're working with one guy saying all right i'm super intense i really want to get it done 
The other guy's going, no, no, okay, I'm in no hurry. I've had a few injuries in my past. I've learned from my mistakes. I just want to run a fast marathon in a few years' time. And the approach that we take for each of those athletes is is very, very different. Got another athlete, uh, Luke, over here who's trying to break 20 minutes for the 5K. And, man, he ran a 20-second PB just the other day, and he's, he's very close to getting it done. So for him, we've had to adjust his training. Originally, we were starting for a marathon. He got sick with COVID really close to the marathon start time, and it just whacked him around a little bit. So we thought, all right, we'll strip it back a little bit. He's trying to manage a one-year-old, and uh, we're, we're starting to focus more on some 5K, 10K kind of running. Yeah, 20-second PB in his 5K just a couple of weeks ago was um, it's funny because he contacted me. He said, yeah, I'm happy, but I'm disappointed I didn't break 20. I go, mate, well, you're running 20 seconds PB, so if you're doing that, you're, uh, <laughs> you're doing something right. So uh, I say all that just to say, all right, there's many different athletes. There's very many different goals. There's many different approaches. So if you can clarify the goal, obviously structuring the training around that is so much easier. Point three is a direct continuation of that. It's very important to tailor the training. Now, let's unpack that a little bit more. What does that even mean? Well, tailoring the training is uh, essentially saying, all right, is the athlete a marathon runner or are they a 1,500-meter runner? Are they injured? Are they not? If they're a marathon runner, you don't want to give them 400-meter reps at 55 seconds and do six of those because, I mean, they might be really fast for the first 2K of their marathon, but after that, it's you know, it's a little bit of a tough gig for the other 40 kilometers. So if you can develop that understanding, if you can tailor that training, obviously the results are going to get so much better. A lot of athletes will go out and they'll just smash themselves as hard as they can. This isn't just in running, it's in triathlon and running-based sports. You see it all. We've got this false idea that the harder you work, well, I've got to be careful how I phrase this because it is true that the harder you work, the better your results will be. But harder work doesn't always mean harder running. Sometimes the harder part of the work is knowing when to back off, knowing when to take a day off, knowing when to recover. Obviously, we're going to have days where we hit it at nearly 100% intensity or 100% intensity. That's part of the package as well. But knowing the whole package is really important. So tailoring the training, including some strength work, including some running, including days for massage, including days for cross training, including days just to get out and forget about running is honestly one of the most helpful things as well. So if you're a coach, the third point that I would really recommend you do is tailor the training specifically to your athlete and get away from the more generic styles of training trying to I understand it's easier and I understand it's um, you know there's, there's a way to make money there but in terms of getting the most out of your athletes what's more important is making sure that the training is tailored to them as an individual otherwise yeah you know it's it's kind of a joke trying to kid yourself that just a generic program is going to get a great result for everyone the fourth thing is slow it down. Now, by slow it down, I mean not only the running that you're doing, but the goals that you have for yourself. Expand the horizon of when you would like to hit your goals by. Because a lot of the time, we're in a real hurry to hit our goals in two weeks' time. And as a result, we go out, and like I mentioned just before, we're sprinting these, uh, we're, we're pretty much sprinting the sessions. We go out for an easy jog, and we've got the Garmin on, and we go, you know what, I feel quite good. This would look really impressive on Strava if I picked it up a little bit and called it an easy run. And as a result, it leads to injury, it leads to plateau, and it leads to just a lack of enjoyment in the running. If you're going out there after three weeks of smashing yourself and you're constantly fatigued, what's the fun in that? Like if every single run is just a mental challenge to get to the end of it, 
it's real yuck. <laughs> so if you're a brand new runner, and I'm sorry because anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a long time will be sick of me saying this, but it's so true. Slow it down. Run at a pace you'd be embarrassed to be seen running at and then back it off even more. What you'll notice when you do that is not only is your fitness better than you realize, your capacity to run further than you thought you could will expand. So if you want to run further, the best way to do that is to slow down your runs to a point that you're embarrassed to be seen running at and then slow down even more. The reason we expand our, our goal time frame a little bit and the reason I like that is because it just takes the pressure off. Like if you don't have a, a, a goal where you want to take 10 minutes off your marathon time in a month, then it's, it allows you to enjoy the training, allows you to get out there and actually build up towards it, give your body the chance to develop the strength that it needs. The next one is cut out the obsession with numbers. Now, you runners, you triathletes are absolute nutcases when it comes to your garment. I know. I know how exciting the data is, especially you data nerds out there. I'm a data nerd sometime as well. We're looking at heart rates. We're looking at split times. We're looking at elevation. We're looking at, you know, whatever it is that, uh, that, gar- that the garment offers us to look at. We're having a look at and we're analyzing it closely. Leave your watch at home from time to time. Forget the numbers. Stuart McSwain here in Australia said to me on a podcast I did with him, yeah, I don't really know how fast I run because I don't run with a watch. <laughs> He's the best in Australia. So if the best in Australia doesn't need his, uh, his watch out there every single run, neither do you. So this is, uh, it's hard to do because I understand it looks good on Strava to have some consistency of reps and consistency of days of running. But if you can leave your watch at home, you're not going to know what your heart rate is. You're going to have to learn to run by feel. You're going to have to learn to just run at a pace which feels comfortable to you on the day. The good news is whether you're running slightly faster or slightly slower than you usually would, you're not going to know anyway. Like what's your thing to prove? I think there's a whole heap of freedom that comes with just putting the technology down and going out and just enjoying the running, looking around at the scenery, looking around at the wherever it is that you're running. Enjoy that. Put the phone away, put the watch away, and just enjoy running for what it can offer you in the moment, I guess you say, without sounding like too much of a hippie. Do you, does that make sense? Leave it alone. Forget about the heart rate. Forget about the recovery. Your watch doesn't know you as well as it thinks it does. I mean, it's got some pretty good insights, but what's more important is that you're actually listening to your body more than you are your watch. The second last one is keep showing up. Running has a reputation for rewarding the most consistent. You have a look at any athlete in any sport, and one thing you'll realize quite quickly is they've been doing it for a long time. Short people's progress is different. Their start point is different. Their body's ability to handle different workloads is different. But if you can keep showing up, editing your work, and then repeating that process, you're going to see some massive results. The best way to do that is to follow the last couple of tips. Slow it down. If you can be consistent and not stop taking days off because you're injured, tired, fatigued, or just over it, you're going to see huge results. Where could you be at the end of 2023 if you followed that advice? You could be amazed at how much progress you could make, whether that's trying to run your first marathon, that's trying to run a faster marathon, whether that's trying to run your first 5K or run the distance of 5K. That is relevant to you. So keep showing up. Stop being in such a hurry. If you're anything like me, this is something that needs practice because it is so easy to be in such a hurry and so hard to slow it down and expand the horizon. So show up daily if you can, or as many times as you're expected to run on your training program. No more, obviously no less. The last one is try and find some joy in the running. A lot of us get so serious about everything that we do that as a result, that 
will run a 20 second PB over 5K and go, ah, you know, I could have done more. Try and celebrate the wins along the way. If you don't celebrate the wins along the way, then what's the fun in doing it? All right, so celebrate the small stuff, find the joy. If you've had a terrible run, there's always something to take away from it. I was on a podcast the other day and a bloke just gave out a gentle reminder. He said, hey, chaos, no, no, what was it? Crisis is opportunity. In every single crisis, there's opportunity. So I don't know what 2022s look like to you in terms of what your life is going through, in terms of what your running is going through, but that's a nice little thing to finish one of the last podcasts for the year on. There is an opportunity in crisis a lot of the time it's just our lack of ability to see it that's the problem anyway i'll wrap it up there guys it is great to have you here i hope you have a great christmas i hope you have a great new year um i'll have podcasts out before then but in case i don't hear you or hear from you or see you before then i hope that the christmas period's a really good one for you really excited for your 2023 apply those uh, little tips to see some big improvements in your running or your coaching we'll see you again here i'll see you here again really soon Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.